0: You're listening to Buckeye Kayak Fishing, the official podcast of the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. And tonight we have the Strictly Sail Cincinnati Lakes winner, and that's hosted by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, Justin Marshall. How's it going, man?
1: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. How you doing?
0: Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, definitely a uh, eventful weekend for you. Uh, I know you kicked ass out there on the tournament field. Um <laughs> what lake did you fish, particularly in this event? I know we had the choice of up to five lakes. We had um Cowan, Stone Lake Lake, Winton Woods, Sharon Lake, and then um a j Jolly's down there in Kentucky. uh Where did you end up at?
1: Uh, I ended up just going with a lake that I've fished quite a bit, and I probably knew more than any of those other lakes. Uh, I went with Cowan Lake.
0: Well, Cowan's always a good choice, man. There's always a lot of great fishing in Cowan. And um, there's a lot of quality bass in that lake as well. Um, So how'd your morning go, man? Uh, Where'd you launch out at? And uh, what was your first fish of the day?
1: Uh, I kept it simple. I did. I took a look at the map the night before. Not that I didn't have an idea of how Cowan's laid out. But uh, I just launched right there at the campground Boat ramp and headed out. My my first spot that I was gonna hit was gonna be that uh, first cove. It's actually the furthest the furthest cove from that spot, but I know I wanted to end my day back at the boat ramp, and that's most important because I'm right there and I can load up. But um, all the way over on the uh, by the dam, that first cove on the north northwestern side. <clears throat> Kind of probably like the third biggest cove over there. Kind of goes up and then to the left. <clears throat> wanted to start there because I fished a couple weeks ago there and had one on. I figured they'd be uh, they'd be coming up in there and either about to spawn. Um, even though it started getting a little little colder than I expected it to be that morning. I think we were down in the like. Late the I'm sorry the uh, late 30s early 40s and uh, so I, I just wanted to start there and uh, didn't get my first fish until probably 12 o'clock uh, when I was headed out to that cove I saw a bunch of people in their kayaks that had uh, launched from that that southern southwestern boat ramp I think that's the marina. Yeah, there. that's a ramp right there. It's almost right across from the campground ramp. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw... So I was on my way there, and as I was about halfway down to that cove, I saw... And this was, this was 5... 5.30 in the morning. No. Yeah, I wanted to take a half hour to get to that cove, because that's about how long it takes, even though I got pedal drive now. So I wanted to take a half hour to get there. I wanted to sit in that spot for... 20 to 30 minutes and then make my cast and, and start working away. But I saw about four people heading across with lights and I decided to turn back. I was over halfway there. I decided to turn around and go back towards the boat ramp. And I, and I just started with the biggest cove right there by the boat ramp, the one, the big one that goes up directly yeah. middle, north north of the, uh, north of the lake. So I just went back in there and started throwing uh, black and blue chatter bait, and I uh, went up real shallow, tried to get something to to snag it. I wanted to get a quick fish, but with it being a three fish limit, I knew it'd be a little bit a little bit easier than, than most tournament days. But I uh, went back here, took my time, didn't get anything. Threw the Ned rig a little bit, worked my way out uh, before I went out, and then. Right there by the rocks, on, the, on by the boat ramp, at the campgrounds. Um, started working my way over to the east side of the, the lake. there's was, there was a, enough people uh, towards the western side of the lake, northwestern side. Um, but yeah, I didn't get that first bite until around 12 or 1 o'clock, and it was like a switch was turned on. You know, A lot of people talk about how it was like a light switch. It was almost like feeding time. And that was the time to get them all. Uh, first one was fifteen and three quarters, I think. Nice chunky fish, about two foot off the bank. Um, yeah, so that came around around twelve o'clock was that first bite.
0: Wow, man! Now I know that 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 cove that you're talking about—that's the one that runs up by the the campground beach, correct? yeah the biggest one on that lake yep yeah that's an always that's always a popular cove and a lot of times when i see in these tournaments there's always at least five or six kayaks back there and a couple bass boat, and some guys crappie fishing
1: <laughs> but it's always a producer
0: i caught an 18 yeah. <laughs> and a half out of that cove earlier this year right before the spring fling and uh, that's definitely a popular cove for bass now that rock wall you fish that's a that's just a staple of Cowan Lake there too. That something I always fish when I go there. It seems like I'm always fishing that where those rocks anytime I see rocks and um well, Yeah, man. Rocks, you're right there uh, in a
1: good spot. Yeah, yeah. The rocks are the piece of structure that warms faster than many other pieces of structure or types of structure in, in a lake. So it's always I've had luck there fishing first thing in the morning. There's usually a fish or two sitting in there and uh, I'll get them to buy, throw that first fish up on the board. Uh, But, and I knew I wanted to hit that at some point, um, but I didn't want to waste too much time on it. You you know, you got the river channel that runs or the Creek channel that runs down uh, probably about 150 or 200 yards off of that. And then it also, there's, i guess two creek channels that meet and one goes directly back into that big giant cove so um you'll you'll see like fish always swimming up through uh and and coming up to those rocks i guess that's the situation um i know i was fishing it in, in july last year and it always seemed i hit that spot a few times throughout the day it always seems like there was something new sitting in there every time i was always able to to um, there's, there's a big tree kind of overhanging it right there by the boat ramp now. And if you can kind of skip it in through there in the summertime, that's, that's great cover for those bass. Um, they'll sit right in there and then they're sitting on rocks too. So, um, but it was always good for a fish or too. I didn't catch anything off of, off of those rocks or wow just, this time around, I don't know. It was just, but, uh, all my fish came out of the, the, the Eastern just east of the campgrounds, northeastern um, that nice round cove that uh, meets that other smaller bay-looking cove. The two yeah. humps right there on the northern side of the lake. All of them came right there. Um, what did you I catch was, most of them on? Uh, it was it was a bait that a lot of people have in their arsenal. It was a lot of it was a bait that a lot of people were using that day. The chatter bait. Um, but i think it might have come down to color and how i was working it i don't I, I didn't see how a lot of other people were working their bait but um i was throwing let's see my, my first fish came out of at Cowan, you have these bushes that in the winter time you know they'll lose all their leaves and stuff and they're sitting there's the coolest looking brush that's uh sitting down in the lake they'll fall over and they'll sit there and they're full of branches and small look and you can tell it's a it's a bush of some sort yeah. um, and I've, I've seen them throughout several parts of the lake but uh there was a real nice one sitting down in that cove and i cast it up to that and uh the first one bit as soon as the bait dropped down um that's where the first one was and the second one was probably 100 yards not even that probably 50 yards um, working my way east so a little further I'm floating downward and a uh, second one came off of I think there was a tree in the water it was a little bit off of the tree but again it was around two foot off the bank there's there's tons of cover and, and brush all along the, like right up against the, the bank there at Cowan um, all I was doing is just throwing that Cheddar bait right up in there and letting it fall for a sec because I'll, I'll use a half ounce Chatter Bay. It don't matter what the situation is. I uh, just like that half ounce. Um, I got a couple of them that are 3 eighths ounce but I definitely love throwing the, the half ounce. Um, it's just got more thump to it and uh, it's versatile. You can you can use it up shallow if you just you know, know, how, know when to start reeling and know how to control your depth. But yeah, that's what it ended up coming to it wasn't the black and blue it was a project z Chatterbait and sexy shad color with a just a white uh a white minnow trailer um throwing it up tight and and burning it not burning it back but uh maybe letting it fall for a second and then a steady pace reel reeling it back And uh, they would hit it up pretty shallow either on the fall or as as soon as it started vibrating. You know, it seems like I know quite a few people that's
0: been catching some hogs off of the white colored chatterbaits. And I'm sure everybody's using a different chatterbait, but white and chartreuse, I noticed. And I've been throwing black and blue, and I really hadn't had a whole lot of luck on black and blue. But black and blue last year, man, uh, that's how Brad Hicks won that tournament out there that last year, was black and blue chatterbait. And then I started throwing the black and blue chatterbait, and I was catching fish with it and that's really what got me into into chatterbait fishing because uh, i just started that last year to be honest with you but man i really enjoyed it but it seems like that um that whitens that chartreuse is uh can out outperform the black and blue sometimes what was the watercolor out there what it look like
1: that's exactly what i was getting ready to touch on next uh that black and blue is great for really dark muddy chocolatey milk water which we've had there before and that's what i was expecting to go into especially with some of the rain that we've been having what little rain we've been having but uh <clears throat> and it's not one to you know to put down that black and blue is great for those situations the water wasn't too far off from being perfectly stained in my opinion uh, water clarity was probably a foot foot and a half yeah, it's a little off from from the perfectly stained, but it was much better than what I expected, and uh, I didn't lose confidence because of the water clarity this time. It was like I was okay with it because I, if you, if you're throwing black and blue and that's not working, the next best thing to throw would be, in my opinion, chartreuse and white or something completely white, especially with it being pre-spawn and those fish wanting to speed up before they actually spawn you you want some shads shad looking things in the water shad looking colors so and i had one that that project z has got the the minnow head on it and then if you got the color right got the the vibration because it was you know the the visibility was a little a little dark but not too dark and that's that's what had it right you know i saw other people with chatterbaits tied on uh i saw some brown out there i wasn't paying too much of attention but i did see yeah i talked to some people while i'm on the water if i come across people that i i know or whatever i've seen some white tied on I seen some brown and blue like a darker uh more natural color tied on um i, I even tried the spinner bait for a little bit i just don't think it had enough thump in it or i wasn't working it right but uh yeah, I think it all came down to where, you know, placement and, and how I was working it back, which was, you know, nothing special, just a steady pace. But I waited like a second or two after it hit the water and let it drop down for a second, get that quick drop on that half ounce. Yeah. Real sharp dive down and then all of a sudden took off vibrating, And they were hitting it within that time frame right there. It was It was never on the retrieve back after it was always on that way down or as i started reeling so so all your fish you say were in what two to three foot of water yeah and if if i could see some of the spots that i was casted into it might even have been shallower than that it was it was brush i, I thought it would be right out in the sun but I, one of them was right out in the sun but two of them were under cover yeah deep in the cover Wow, man. I was trying to lose it, you know. You got you to gotta throw it like you want to lose it. Yeah, that's what they say. Sometimes
0: you get afraid to lose it, especially like I got a jackhammer tied on. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you're not going to catch the fish because the fish are out there and that the nasty stuff. <laughs> that 18 and a half I caught a few weeks ago, he was right in the middle, or she was right in the middle of some thick, thick brush. Caught her on a Ned rig, man. So they can be hard to pull out of there.
1: Uh, I bought I two jackhammers. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you you got some jackhammers yourself? How do you like yeah, it? I bought I bought two this year. Uh, I haven't caught a fish on them yet. I missed one, um, but I I had fish on the the classic, um, the classic chatterbait, and I had fish on uh, Project Z. But uh, I thought I would give it a try this year, and uh, I mean. I, I could probably stick to one of the other chatterbaits I've been using and, and use it the same way. Does it search a little better? It might search a little better. I can't really see it in the water yet. I have yet to test it in like a swimming pool or something. Um, but I think that Project Z works just fine. It's got a lot of fun to it. And- I've got several of the Project Zs uh, in my tackle box.
0: i got some Jack Hammers Project Zs and the original chatterbait by Z-Man.
1: <laughs> They're good chatter baits, man. I, I I like the action on all of them. Nothing yeah, nothing wrong with those. I mean, if you use it enough or, and you and you just have confidence in it to work it in the right ways, you know, you'll catch fish and then you can say, "Oh, I caught more on that than than this one or that one." It's just it's just a matter of of actually using it and using it more often and and uh learning how to use it and then continuing to use it in that same way. I have mm-hmm. more fish on the classic chatterbait than I do the jackhammer, but I mean, I, I just bought them, so yeah. I'll keep trying every once in a while. I'm not going to heavily rely on it. I would like to return to some of those baits that I call the forgotten baits, like a, uh inline spinner, like a rooster tail. i want to break that out a lot more this year because you don't really hear about anybody talking about that, but it's always worked. Oh, I've uh, done rooster
0: tail quite a bit, and streams yeah, and I love around tail. my house the tail water is a stone Lake it's just like five ten minutes from my house and i'll go out there and throw that rooster tail and i'll catch i mean i'll catch crappie i'll catch bass and channel cats and you catch everything under the sun with a white rooster tail
1: definitely yeah i agree so that's fun i, I just don't want to forget about um all the stuff i started using and all the stuff i've had luck on in the past it's, it's okay to get um you know use some of the newer stuff and find some of the new stuff on the market a lot of it i find is just reiterations and repeats of stuff that's already out it's just a different brand and they threw some other kind of twist on it just to you know to make it theirs and and you know claim it works better or something that get you to buy it i don't know but
0: a lot like of six, uh a lot of modern fishing lures, I think, are designed to catch more anglers than they are fish.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, you you can't go to the store and not think that the same studies are being done on, on fishermen to see which one they're going to grab, which one they're more drawn to than anything. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that probably means more to them than which one is going to catch you fish. So I always keep that in mind, try not to get too caught up in the hype you know i'm i'm all down for trying a little bit of everything um but just trying to keep it real and not forget about the stuff that's always worked
0: i'll just like the wacky rig senko and then a regular texas rig senko i mean how old school is that i mean that's been around for so long now and seems like i grew up throwing wacky rigs and, and
1: texas rig senkos and man they still catch a lot of fish to this day yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite techniques to throw, if not the favorite technique to throw. I'm still learning stuff and still trying new things, and still I have a lot of situations to apply all those different techniques to. Maybe that'll change, but as of right now, I, I agree, I love to fish just a Texas rigged worm down in the weeds, can't beat it. Now oh, I know bye. you.
0: Per- I know you personally pretty well, Justin. I like to think I've been fishing with you for a few years, and uh, I know that you'd like to do your homework. You do a lot of research at home. Um, you do a lot of reading, studying. I know I was fishing with Brad Hicks a few weeks ago, and uh, he was talking to you, and he was telling me about um, how much homework you've been doing, and uh, that you had a whole game plan for your fishing that day, and you went out there and executed your game plan. And uh, sometimes it's worked for you, and sometimes it hasn't. Um, what kind of research and studying do you do to prepare for the Bass Fishing Tournament?
1: Well, this year I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into what I've done any any further than I've ever done before. I had plans before all this COVID-19 stuff. Oh, uh, buddy, yeah, all to, of us did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I know I'm not alone. I mean, there's plenty of other people that had more plans than I did, but I wanted to come out swinging this year. So I read, I read four or five books um, just over the winter time. Read a river book, read several bass books.
0: There's some names. And, uh, what books do you suggest? Uh, maybe somebody picking up and reading themselves.
1: Yeah, I got one actually right here. Um, I know you're not doing video or anything, but the In fisherman this is the second book of the series this is bass largemouth bass location okay you can pick so that's just one of the ones that i've i'm even referring back to it um in fisherman's got a lot of a lot of good information out there i'm not sure how many books are a part of this series but i know the first one they've referred to a couple times i plan on picking up and going back and reading i've also read another book um which was kind of one that I just picked up on just by researching largemouth bass books and largemouth bass behavior books and stuff like that. Uh, it's called high percentage fishing by Josh Alwine. Okay. Uh, talks about all the ways to break down and give you the best percentage. Given that he talks a lot about using live bait, which is what we're not allowed to do. There's a lot of other information in that book, despite the fact that he talks about, Live bait being one of the techniques that gives you the highest percentage, and it does give you the highest percentage of catching bass. um, There's a lot of other good information in here, and ultimately all these books are just to keep stuff fresh in my mind. I'll read it. I don't care if the first book's got the same information as the second book. There's little things you can pick up in each of these books um, that the other one doesn't mention. And regardless, the whole goal at the end of the day is to have this stuff for repeated over to because you've heard, everybody's heard. Well, I can't say everybody. A lot, a lot of anglers know uh, bass behavior, the gist of bass behavior in the spring or in the summer, or have an idea what they do. But to hear all these other little things that people mention. And just to hear it over and over and over again, and even the stuff you already know, hear it over and over again, it's good to just beat that into your brain, and that's all I'm trying to do. So I read like I read like four or five books. I'm still on one right now. It's a pretty big one. Um, I forget the name of that title, the, the exact title, but uh, you can get on Google and you can just search stuff. There's a lot of professional bass anglers that have come out with their own books. I might branch off and... Start to read those, but I just kind of wanted to to get into the uh, just like just like a Bible of bass or just like uh, there's another one I want to read. It's the science of uh, bass fishing or something like that. It's a really expensive book. It's over a hundred dollars if you can find a a physical copy of it. But I found an online copy of it. I want to dive into that. I want to really start to to pick up the science of how fish um behave in all all seasons so i can you know it's a lifetime journey becoming the best bass angler you can possibly be achieving stuff along the way is just just stepping stones but ultimately in the end it's a it's a lifetime becoming lifetime journey of becoming a good bass angler um but yeah i forget what the original question you had for me was but yeah doing my homework I, i definitely did my homework uh Covid nineteen hit, and then we got a couple tournaments cancelled, including the national championship. I was and I was going back and looking at uh, fishing reports from five, six, seven years ago. i, I I've been printing stuff out like I'll, I won't just find it on the internet and maybe bookmark it or something. I'll actually print it out and then create my own book of uh, like wow. this lake. And it'll have this season for this lake, and what'll work during that. I, I put in an order for certain baits that I was finding that were working, and then it turns out we're we're not going anyway. Well, I probably won't go in November. That um, just seems to be a little bit harder time for the corporate world to take off. So I don't know if I'll I'll request those days off. In spring and summer I don't have a problem getting days off. But uh, I know up till like october or something it, there's like a cutoff where it seems a little bit harder for me to be able to take off just with the holidays and everybody requesting off and things like that but yeah um, yeah I, I i've been trying to do a lot more homework um especially with the reading i'm not really a reading guy but when it comes to something i really enjoy doing it just seems interesting to me and I'm, fishing books are interesting to me so um, how about plan-
0: podcasts or youtube channels that I've helped you?
1: Yeah. Well, no particular YouTube channel to begin with, but just as a start, that's a given you, you have to watch YouTube. You have to utilize that resource because that's free. The stuff that's coming out on YouTube back in the nineties, before there was YouTube, you would pay to go to classes for some of the free stuff that's coming out now. And then you have these people that are actually doing firsthand experiences at these lakes and fishing in the ways that you want to be fishing or somewhere you're getting ready to go i mean that's you have to watch that stuff that's like getting that's like getting free answers on it's like getting you're cheating on a test sometimes yeah. You got to watch
0: some of the information you get off of YouTube, though though um, some people are trying to sell you something, you know, and people have sponsorships and they have pro staffs. So obviously people are talking their products up, but there's a lot of genuine, genuine, good information on YouTube. Don't get me wrong, but there's a, you know, you just got to watch what you're watching on those, on those platforms. <coughs>
1: yeah. My recommendation is don't go anything too mainstream. Don't do anything that people are, I wouldn't. This is just me, though. Not necessarily talking about go for the smaller channels. I think one of the ones I was watching was called um, Fishing Structure. It was just like this guy who stood up. It was kind of low budget. It wasn't like a real high quality. This guy just stood up and then did like this slideshow and talked about ass behavior during a couple of different times and uh, how they react to how they like relate to structure during um, like pre-spawn and spawn. And he just happened to bring up Lake Gunnersville, which is a pretty popular lake, you know, anyways, but he just happened to be bringing that up. And then I was, I kept watching, there's like five or six videos in his series of how they, um, going from cold water or winter into pre-spawn and then spawn and what to look for. So go to, go to the, the channels that you just feel are the most genuine or after you watch several different things, don't gravitate towards one channel just because it's okay to watch it, but just because people are talking about it or just because it's a name that rings, go for the lower budget stuff and go for, um, just dive into some other stuff and see if that matches the stuff that other people are talking about or the stuff you've heard or you know you'll pull out some some valuable information um, if you just do your own thing and don't get caught up in the hype like you would maybe buying some lures that everybody's using, you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I know I fed into the jackhammer thing.
0: Everybody's talking them jackhammers up, and you know, but well, I mean, I- Ew. Look at the whopper Popper and look at the TRD. You know, everybody's talking about the whopper popper, but the whopper popper catches fish. There's no doubt in that. I've caught yeah, lots of fish. There's on any, whopper not, not any good in
1: it. There there can be plenty of good in it. You have to try it to to experience it firsthand. And as an angler, it's like myself trying to be a well rounded angler. Mm. Uh, you I like to try things to be able to speak to it myself. So yeah, trying, try and, try and uh, There's nothing wrong with that, <clears throat> especially if you got somebody that will let you try theirs for free or whatever. But uh, and it's okay to support it, but uh, overdoing it's not good. When you start getting, start making orders to I don't know, all these other online fishing places excessively, and then you just have a bunch of lures that are sitting bunch
0: gimmick lures that might not even catch fish <laughs> some Yeah of might, Some
1: I, of them might not Yeah and I stopped doing The, the <clears throat> monthly Tackle surprise boxes It was cool while it lasted But I quit that probably A year Going on two years at this point Ago I, I did the mystery tackle box and then
0: I did lucky tackle box I did like the lucky tackle box A little bit more but it seems like they give you just a bunch of junk that you're never going to use. You know, just they, weird stuff too. Like I'd never even seen in the store before. Apparently, it's yeah. stuff they just couldn't
1: <laughs> sell at the store. So they're giving it away in boxes. And that could be the case. I don't really know what the case would be, but I do know I was getting sent some stuff that was great. <clears throat> uh, most of it, the, the, the smaller percentage of the stuff was great. But um, ultimately, you got to learn the area that you fish. And some of that stuff would would have been used in like I don't know down south fishing that we don't need we we probably wouldn't see around here you don't need a double whopper plopper in the heaviest <laughs> way around here you, you know what I mean yeah you, you learn your area and learn the baits that it, watch watch the local people get information from the local people do your research on the local people and what's going on around you and then form your tackle boxes around that. You know what I mean? And that's really all you're ever going to need. I know it can be fun trying all these other uh, baits. Uh, Some of these packages look pretty darn good, but what I'm finding is a lot of it is just a reiteration of something that's already been out. You just think the package is cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're good at marketing, that's for sure. So, yeah. Congratulations, man. You got... 48 inches on this, sitting in the first place. Uh, that's quite an accomplishment, man. Uh, Jim Klein was right behind you. Uh, he had 44 and a quarter inches. Uh, Jason Isaacs in third. Uh, he's doing real good at the spring flag, man. Um, he did uh, 42 and a quarter, uh, 42 and three quarters inches. So, man, congratulations on that, dude. Definitely competing against a lot of sticks in this tournament. Uh,
1: where are you at on the spring fling, do you know? Uh, I'm around 30th place. I, I know a couple spots that I could probably go to that would produce uh, probably some 17-inches for me, and it would bump that up. Um, I will be out there, and I will probably upgrade in the next well, I've only got a week to do it, so I plan on getting back out and, and trying my best to upgrade this fish, but uh, I'm around 30th place. Yeah, you're my, 31st my, uh, to 80, 81 and a half inches, which is what you are for the spring playing. Yeah, another goal of mine for the beginning of the year was to focus more on in-person stuff. That's where really, really where I like to dedicate myself i know with everything going on we're gonna kind of have to fall back on that online stuff which it's fun i don't have a problem with it at all i just wanted to do more in person i feel like it's more um you know show up and let's see what you got on that on the one day events but um as opposed to a whole month Um, i I
0: like i like the in-person events more
1: Yeah, it's more of a down and dirty. Let's see what you got spur of the moment. You got eight hours to do this. Let's see what you got. Um, But the online stuff is still fun. I I still plan on participating in the smallmouth stuff particularly because that's that's the fun stuff. I actually have only been on the river once this year. been out six times, only been on the river once, but uh, the river's down again, so I'll probably change that in the coming week speaking of smallmouth bass you caught a 20 inch
0: at the uh Dayton Rivers event the Buckeye Trail Dayton Rivers event last year man and won that event
1: yeah that was certainly a highlight for me uh for my river uh, experiences and tournament experiences um probably won't forget that I certainly won't forget that one but yeah that was a really really memorable experience there and uh winning one on Cowan a lake that we all we all know around here and and we know a lot of the tournaments resort to that lake when either something gets canceled or yeah and it gets as much pressure as it does it feels pretty good to get one there as well so
0: yeah dude congratulations man I'm thrilled to death I was happy when I saw you posting the other day or yesterday about your win, man. I was like, yeah, dude. Anytime one of my friends wins, it's it's always a good thing, man. That's awesome.
1: I'm grateful. I'm going to try to keep it going. Like I said, the goal this year was to come out swinging. I've been thinking for a long time. That's why I've been getting into these books and things, just trying to up the knowledge and and come out Mm -hmm. in my heart because I'm I'm trying to chase Angler of the year. That's something I want to put on the, the resume this year. Um, so I'll be, I'll be chasing that with Cincinnati kayak fishing and Buckeye kayak fishing to see what I can do there. And I thought it would be really cool to come out with a first place win, not just to end last year with a first place win and then come, come into this year winning, but to, to start off with the, you know, solid, solid angle of the year points, right, right from the
0: start. Yeah, dude, you're having a hell of a, have a hell of a start to the year and you're
1: already qualified for the classic. <clears throat> Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's nice, too. So something else to look forward to. Oh, definitely, man. Well, thank you
0: for coming on tonight, Justin. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I know this is your second appearance on Buckeye Kayak Fishing. Uh, Do you have any shout-outs you want to give for me in this?
1: Not really. Uh, I'm not sponsored. I don't do the pro staff thing. Um, Just anybody I've fished with. You, Brad Hicks i started this kayak fishing thing with and uh anybody else i've learned a thing or two from which is a a pretty long list but yeah i just sponsor myself and try to do my own thing and increase my chances of uh taking it one step further each year and doing better and so awesome thanks for having me on i appreciate your time yes sir
0: man thanks again and congratulations everybody stay tuned for the second part of the podcast i'm going to talk about upcoming buckeye trail events and we're going to talk about that spring fling let's see things have been going crazy here lately the spring fling guys so uh, we got three or four guys battling for first place and uh, it's getting pretty dirty so uh, stay tuned for that well thanks for listening to the interview everybody it's nice talking to Justin Marshall, the winner of the Strictly Sail Cincinnati Lakes event hosted by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's a good job, man, and congratulations to everybody that placed in the top. So we have a few events coming up. We have East to West Harbor on May second, and that's the Fisherman Central East and West Harbors event. Uh, Thirty-six dollar entry fee, guys. This event is a shotgun style. Uh, You can start and fish on East Harbor or West Harbor. This event has no captain's meeting, and the anglers go directly to eligible waters. But fishing won't begin until 6 a.m. The tournament is a five-fish limit. This tournament is black bass, and that includes largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted. So uh, awesome stuff, guys. Uh, Camping, play it close to ear. I know a lot of campgrounds are closed right now because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So just maybe play it close to ear. Fisherman Central will be supplying $300 worth of prizes. Be sure to check out their new location coming soon at to Port Clinton. And a uh, $100 gift card to strictly sale, though. So that's awesome, guys. Very awesome. Uh, trail points for this are awarded a little differently. Um than the other Tour Series events. We will still be awarding 25 points for first, 24 for second, 23 for third, all the way down to one point for 25th place. The difference for this event is that only your best score from either this event or the KBF East West Harbor event on July 25th will count. So it's your best out of each event. So like, if you're fishing both events, it'll be your best one out of the two. So an example of this is if you come into third place at this event and then uh, come in fifth place in July, um, your third place will only count. So you, the, only one time can count for points, guys. So if you only attend this event, event and not the July 25th event, this account this event will count. If you don't attend this event, event and you only attend the July 25th KBF event, only those points will count. So just keep that in mind, guys, if you plan to fish both of them or you plan to fish just one. So after hearing feedbacks that some anglers didn't want to pay the higher KBF registration fee, we thought this would be a happy medium. There are two factors that led us to awarding points uh, at the July KBF event. A large amount of Buckeye Kayak Fish and Trail Anglers participate in the KBF July event, trail series, online challenges, etc., To give exposure to and number two, to give exposure to talented Buckeye kayak fish and trail anglers on the regional national stage. This is why we are holding two events at a great fishery, at the greatest fishery of East and West Harbor, uh, where the best finish counts towards trail points. We also expect a larger than normal turnout for this event because people will want to pre-fish for the July event. All in all, it should be a great time at both events. So, awesome information, guys. If you want to learn more, check it out on the Buckeye, Kayak, Um, Also coming up, we have a multi-species tournament, the Buddy Slam. And this is kind of interesting. So, this is similar to our Buddy Bass event, except for you have two anglers trying to submit three different species of fish. Uh, it's a $31 entry fee. The tournament runs from 6 a.m. on April 24th until 10 p.m. on April 26th. Uh, to be eligible for payouts, you must attend one in-person event. Payouts won't be made until your participation in the in-person event. This tournament is three fish. Every team provides one fish from each of the following three categories. Eyes, and that's eyes. Number one, walleye or saw guy you got the eyes. That's one category. Black bass, and that's smallmouth, largemouth, spotted bass. Number three is panfish. There's quite a few in this category, so these are your eligible panfish. Rock bass, black crappie, white crappie, bluegill sunfish, green sunfish, long-ear sunfish, orange spotted sunfish, pumpkin seed, red-ear sunfish, and warmouth. So, the longest fish in each category will be kept for each team, and the other fish will be discarded. The team of two anglers must be on the same body of water. One angler can fish without the other. If someone can't fish the entire time, the other angler can fish alone. The team of two anglers are permitted to move to different bodies of water, again, as long as they're together. Two anglers to a team. This is not a single tournament, so disregard single angler standings. Standings will allow five fish to be submitted per angler and show a 10 fish total for a team. So be patient as the judges will eliminate smaller fish throughout the day so that the fish total will be no more than three fish. So, yeah, pay attention to this, guys. Pay attention to the eligible waters. Um, anything eligible in Ohio is accessible to everyone. And accessible means it is legal, open to everyone, and does not require special permission. So this includes uh, anything owned by the government, park system, city, township, state, federal, ODNR, where fishing from a kayak is permitted. This also includes Ohio waterways designated as rivers or creeks. Now, what's not allowed is privately owned water or private clubs or anywhere you have to pay a fee to get in and fish. These are not eligible waters. So anything public that's free to everybody, if you have to pay or if it's private, then no. AEP is kind of exempted from this. Um Because you do have to get a permit to fish AEP, but it's completely free. So it's completely free to everybody. They basically make you print out a permit to show that you've read the rules. So that's exciting, guys. April 24th and 26th, the Buddy Slam. Uh, And we have the East to West Harbors event coming up. We're still right in the middle of the spring fling. So, uh, I'm getting excited for this. Our buddy bass event this year, it was, um, I think, in July of last year. We've moved it to May 16th of 2020. And we'll have more information on that as we get closer to that. So, get ready for West and East Harbor, guys. Get ready to go out and do some pan fishing, catch some saw guy, some walleyes, you know, whatever you got to do to fish the in person, the, the multi species events. So, lastly, let's get into the spring spring fling. Uh, Excuse me. Um, Tonight, this is April 19th, 2020. And we still have a week and a half, maybe two weeks to go on the spring fling. So, a lot can happen. Uh, Jason Isaacs has been holding number one this week. Uh, He has uh, won 103 inches and a quarter. John Warchall posted a big bass today. Uh, He is at 100 inches and a half. Uh, both these guys as big as fish. Jason's is 21 and, a half, and then John is twenty one and a quarter. So John's trailing right behind him. All these guys have some big fish on the board. Number three, Sean Skidmore, twenty eight and a quarter. It's no surprise to see this guy in the top of the leaderboard. He's had to actually take a break from fishing uh, because of work related issues. So maybe you guys can jump on that opportunity and get this guy <laughs> get up there ahead of him. Andrew Colvin is fourth, 96 and three quarter inches. Charlie Gibson is fifth, and he is contesting Daryl Cornelius for fifth at 26 inches. Daryl Cornelius is at 26 inches at sixth. Seventh is Ryan Parker at 95 and three quarters. Eighth is David Simmons at 95, John Preuch at 95, William Ikes at 95. So uh, we've got three guys fighting for eighth place right now. Uh, Robert Wilker is at 11, and my co-host for Yak Legion, Christian Highfield, at 12, and he is at 94 and three-quarter inches. So keep going, guys. There's a lot of sticks on the board. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot more time left to upgrade, and uh, man, good luck to everybody fishing the spring fling. So I plan to get out there and do plenty more fishing before the end of the month, and, and uh uh, I'm looking for this, this to change quite a bit. And you never know. It could be completely different next week. You could have three new guys up on the top of the board. So we'll just see how it all plays out. And you can follow this information on Tourney X. You can follow any tournament on tur- any TourneyX tournament on the website. Um, you can follow the live standings on any tournament. So uh, definitely check that out, guys. Uh, thanks for listening and tight lines.